Among the qualities of delight, I've found, I'm finding, in my dalliance with it, t-shirt, dalliance with delight, is the feeling of discovery. The sense that one has found something, been shown something, perhaps materially, perhaps spiritually or psychically, that was previously unknown. Perhaps delight is like a great cosmic finger pointing at something. Hi, I'm Kevin Larimer, Editor-in-Chief of Poets and Writers. And I'm Melissa Falavino, Senior Editor of Poets and Writers. And this is Ampersand, the Poets and Writers podcast. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Ross Gay. Plus readings by some of our 2018 debut poets. And so much more. So stick around. Welcome to the 23rd episode of Ampersand and the last episode of 2018. We've got some great stuff in store for you, including readings by debut poets Fatima Oscar and National Book Award winning Justin Philip Reed. But before we get to that, a word from our sponsors. This episode of Ampersand is brought to you in part by the Key West Literary Seminar, which welcomes readers and writers to a subtropical island city with an intriguing literary heritage. Programs include the annual seminar and writers' workshop program, scholarships for teachers and librarians, awards for emerging writers, and an online audio archive with more than 500 unique recordings. Learn more at kwls.org. February 2019 issue of Poets and Writers magazine is here, and we are barreling our way toward the end of the year. That's absurd. (laughs) Wasn't it just 2017? I think it actually was. This year has felt both incredibly short and like it has been one million years long. It really has. But 2019 is right around the corner, and we're celebrating as we do here at Poets and Writers with an issue full of inspiration for the new year. Not only do we have our 14th annual debut poets feature, compiled by associate editor Dana Isokawa, but we've got something brand new to our pages, Portraits of Inspiration. For this feature, we've asked seven authors we love who have new books coming out in the first months of 2019 to tell us what inspires them. And what they came up with is pretty inspiring. We've got Yiyun Lee, Morgan Parker, Sally Wen Mao, Hanif Abdurraqib, Esme Weijun Wang, Chigotsi Obiyama, and last but certainly not least, Ross Gay. The ever-inspiring Ross Gay, who has a new collection of essays coming in February, The Book of Delights, which is pretty much exactly what it sounds like, a delightful collection of short lyric essays that are both playful and powerful, and remind us about the importance of finding small joys in our tumultuous world. It's pretty much impossible to read Ross Gay's work or hear him read without feeling that kind of joy. 
A few years ago, I saw him read from his last poetry collection, a Catalog of Unabashed Gratitude. And you know that cliche about feel-good movies, that it made the reviewer stand up and cheer? <laughs> well, it actually did. I literally stood up and cheered. Uh, as he says in his new book, I lost my shit with glee. <laughs> so we thought we'd share some joy with you and asked Ross to read from his forthcoming book. So here he is with two excerpts from The Book of Delights. This is number 67. It's called Cup Licking. Today I found myself... I adore that construction for its Whitmanian assertion of multitudinousness, licking the little remnants, little stains, from the coffee dribbling down the rim of the cup, more fastidious than lascivious, kind of cleaning the cup, like a raccoon. The first time I noticed someone doing this, it was my friend, my professor, Susan Blake. I was back at Lafayette College on a teaching fellowship, and we were meeting over lunch to talk about me co-teaching the Invisible Man unit. She got a warm-up on her coffee as we were eating dessert, pumpkin pie, I think, and I noticed her lick the cup, unselfconsciously removing the dribble stains. I can't recall if she looked to see how thorough a job she did, though I usually do, and I will touch up where I've missed. Nor do I recall if she licked the cup more than once, though I assume she did, since I do, and she was my teacher in licking the cup. I think I wondered when she licked the cup, dragging her broad tongue against the porcelain, if she was flirting, if cup licking was a way middle-aged people communicate desire. Being a middle-aged person now, it's no surprise that I worry that any odd gesture might smuggle with it the possibility for misperception as flirting with beginning-aged people, some of whom I teach, and that, friends, is a losing battle. By which I mean to say, I don't think she was flirting, and if I lick the cup while in the presence of students, I do it surreptitiously and never, God forbid, while making eye contact. When Professor Blake, which she forbade me from calling her and so made me a kind of adult, when Susan generously read the first two chapters of my dissertation, she asked me, without meaning to hurt my feelings, if I spent anywhere near as much time on my prose as I do my poems. When she handed the 60 or so pages back, all sliced up with red-penned comments, she also handed me a handbook kind of book called Writing Prose, Ninth Edition, with the ugliest teal cover ever. How do we thank our dead teachers? And this one is called um, Found Things, number 65. Found Things. Among the qualities of delight I've found, I'm finding, in my dalliance with it, t-shirt, dalliance with delight, is the feeling of discovery. The sense that one has found something, been shown something, perhaps materially, perhaps spiritually or psychically, that was previously unknown. Perhaps delight is like a great cosmic finger pointing at something. That's not it. Perhaps delight is like after the great cosmic finger has pointed at something, and that something, which in all likelihood was already there, which is why I've enlisted a cosmic finger rather than a human one, appears. Aha! Or, whoa, yes. For instance, when a couple days back I saw a husky middle-aged man pulling his roller bag down the block with wheels that sparkled, which are in the same 
aesthetic ballpark as the children's sneakers that do the same, I thought, whoa, yes, much the way I do when I see the kids with firefly feet. Or when I learned from a Thomas Lux poem that pigs cannot look up. Aha! Or when I see birds swooping through the Detroit airport, which I happen to fly through sort of regularly, because I don't see them every time and forget that I see them sometimes, I always, not almost always, always, lose my shit with glee. My finger, also a kind of bird, flying from my side to point at the little tuft that just skidded onto the trash cans. Whoa, yes! I also notice myself looking around, searching among the commuters for fellow compatriots of glee. I wonder if this impulse to share, the urge to elbow your neighbor, who maybe was not even your neighbor until the bird flew between you up into the pipes and rafters you did not notice until you followed the bird there, is also among the qualities of delight. And further, I wonder if this impulse suggests, and this is just a hypothesis, though I suspect there's enough evidence to make it a theorem, that our delight grows as we share it. The new issue also includes our 14th annual focus on debut poets. This is one of our favorite features of the year, compiled by our associate editor, Dana Isokawa. It's no small task to choose 10 books from the dozens of amazing collections that are published each year by so many talented writers. But the piece that comes out of that process never fails to inspire. Titled Wilder Forms, which quotes Jenny Shia, our 2018 debut poets feature includes interviews with all 10 poets who share their inspirations, influences, writer's block remedies, and paths to publication. And you can read it in full online at pw.org, along with original audio that each of the poets recorded for the piece. And we're going to share a few of those now, starting with Justin Philip Reed, who just won the National Book Award for his collection, Indecency. He'll be reading a poem from the book that's broken into two narratives, and his audio interpretation of that structure is pretty cool. So here he is, along with a few more of our 2018 debut poets. This is Justin Philip Reed, and I'll be reading from my collection, Indecency. This poem is titled The Fratricide. I was coerced into my brother's murder. Because I loved him, I was made to live for him. Inside him, as him, drowned him in a solution of backwater, bleached and shredded pages. Watched his brown cream, watched the steam pirouette, the hostage blood beating at the doors of his palms. My eyes teared beneath the fumes, his eyes retreated with history's entirety. I scissored through the chemistry hissing his skin loose. I peeled away the glove that had snagged at the nail. I stopped to admire the pristine muscles built by some thousand signatures. 
I spread the bat wings over his pecs, flipped him, and lifted the coriaceous back flesh. I said it looked nothing like a satyr, leaving the rust diamond of his trapezius to flicker. I cut away the whole taxed shadow of blackness, but left the pouch around his sex, which at last belongs to him alone. The rest dangled, drying on a wire. There was a full tilt river where the droplets fell. I was already wearing the skin of his skull, molding its contours to mine. The brown irises peering out of neither of ours. I shaped our lips to form the word breathe and cough for ghost. I glimpsed him in a mirror and was lost in his hair. The dense serpentine net, stitching both of us closed. My own life still stuck there, a wad of fist and teeth. This is Fatima Esker, and I'll be reading from my collection, If They Come For Us. If They Come For Us. These are my people, and I find them on the street and shadow through any wild, all wild, my people, my people, a dance of strangers in my blood, the old woman's sorry dissolving to wind, Bindi a new moon on her forehead, I claim her my kin and so the star of her to my breast, the toddler dangling from stroller, hair a fountain of dandelion seed at the bakery, I claim them too. The Sikh uncle at the airport who apologizes for the pat-down. The Muslim man who abandons his car at the traffic light, drops to his knees at the call of the azan. And the Muslim man who drinks good whiskey at the start of Maghrib. The lone khala at the park, bearing her girtha with crocs. My people, my people, I can't be lost when I see you. My compass is brown and gold and blood. My compass, a Muslim teenager, snap back in high tops, gracing the subway platform. Mashallah, I claim them all. My country is made in my people's image. If they come for you, they come for me too. In the dead of winter, a flock of aunties step out on the sand. They're the buttas turn to ocean. A colony of uncles grind their palms and a thousand jasmines bell the air. My people, I follow you like constellations. We hear glass smashing the street and the nights opening dark our names. This country's wood for the fire, my people, my people. The long years we've survived, the long years yet to come. I see you map my sky, the light, your lantern long ahead, and I follow. I follow. This is Jose Olivares, and I'll be reading from my collection, Citizen Illegal. My family never finished migrating, we just stopped. We invented cactus. To survive the winters, we created steel. And my dad's mill... I saw a man dressed like a Martian walk straight into fire. The flames licked his skin, but like a pet, it never bit him. In the desert, they find our baseball caps, our empty water bottles, but never our bodies. Even the best ice agents can't track us through the storms. But I have a theory. Some of our cousins don't care about L.A. or Chicago. They build a sanctuary underneath the sand, under the skin we shed, so we can wear the desert like a cobija, under the bones of our loved ones, bones worn thin as thorns to terrorize blue agents, bones worn thin as guitar strings, so when the wind blows, we can follow the music home.
This is Analicia Sotelo, and I'll be reading from my collection, Virgin. Do you speak virgin? This wedding is some hell, a bouquet of cacti wilting in my hand, while my closest friends sit on a bar bench, stir the sickles in their drinks, smile up at me. The moon points out my neckline like a chaperone. My veil is fried tongue and chicken wire hanging off to one side. I am a Mexican-American fascinator. Let me cluck my way to an empty field where my husband stays silent and the stars are the arachnid eyes of my mother-in-law, duplicitous, ever-present in the dark. I'm not afraid of sex. I'm afraid of his skeleton knocking against the headboard in the middle of the night. I'm afraid I am a blind goat with a ribbon in my hair with screws for eyes. I'm afraid wherever I walk, it's purgatory. I meet a great lake with rust-colored steam rising. Someone somewhere has committed murder, hides in the bushes with an antique mirror. The virgins are here to prove a point. The virgins are here to tell you to fuck off. The virgins are certain there's a circle of hell dedicated to that fear you'll never find anyone else. You know what it looks like. All the lovers, cloaked in blood and salt and never satisfied. A priest collar like a giant tooth in the midnight sky. I want to know what's coming in the afterlife before I sign off on arguments in the kitchen and the sight of him fleeing to the car once he sees how far and wide, how dark and deep this frigid female mind can go. For something completely different. Cowboy Poets. Yes. The National Cowboy Poetry Gathering, to be exact, which celebrates its 35th anniversary this January in Elko, Nevada. Yes, indeed. Known interchangeably as The Gathering, Elko, or Cowboy Christmas, the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering is a six-day festival of poetry, music, folk art, and storytelling that honors the diverse heritage and traditions of the American West. And we've got a story about it in the new issue of the magazine. You can read that piece in full on our website to find out more. And we're going to hear a little bit from some past gatherings now. Yes, this is cowboy poet Joel Nelson reciting, completely from memory, the poem Laska by English poet and playwright Frank Dupre, followed by a song by Caitlin Balaam and her father, David Rompvet. It's all very well to write reviews and carry umbrellas and keep dry shoes and say what everyone's saying here and wear what everyone else must wear. But tonight, I'm sick of the whole affair. I want free life. I want fresh air. And I sigh for the canter after the cattle, the crack of the whips like shots in battle, the Melee of hooves and horns and heads that wars and wrangles and scatters and spreads. Green beneath, 
blue above and dash and danger and life and love and Alaska. Alaska used to ride on a mouse gray Mustang close to my side in blue serape and bright belled spur. I laughed with joy as I looked at her. Little knew she of books or creeds, and Ave Maria sufficed her needs. Little she cared save to be at my side, to ride with me and ever to ride from San Saba's shore to Lavaca's tide. She was as bold as the billows that beat. She was as wild as the breezes that blow. From her little head to her little feet, she was swayed in her suppleness to and fro by each gust of passion. A sapling pine that grows on the edge of a Kansas bluff and wars with wind when weather is rough is like this Alaska, this love of mine. She would hunger that I might eat, would take the bitter, leave me the sweet. But once when I made her jealous for fun at something I'd whispered or looked or done one Sunday in San Antonio to a glorious girl at the Alamo, she drew from her garter a little dagger and sting of a wasp, it made me stagger. An inch to the left, an inch to the right, I shouldn't be maundering here tonight, but she sobbed and sobbing so quickly bound her torn rebosa about the wound I swiftly forgave her. Scratches don't count in Texas, down by the Rio Grande. Her eye was brown, a deep, deep brown. Her hair was darker than her eye and something in her smile and frown curved crimson lip and instep high showed that there ran in each blue vein mixed with a milder Aztec strain the vigorous vintage of old Spain. She was alive in every limb with feeling to the fingertips and when the sun is like a fire in sky one shimmering soft sapphire one does not drink in little sips. So, why did I leave the fresh and free that suited her and suited me? Listen a while, and you will see. But one thing to be sure, on earth and in air, God and God's laws are everywhere. And Nemesis comes with a foot as fleet on the Texas Trail as on Regent Street. The air was heavy, the night was hot, I sat by her side and forgot, forgot. Forgot the herd that were taking their rest, forgot that the air was close oppressed, that the Texas norther comes sudden and soon in the dead of night or blaze of noon and once let a herd at its breath take fright, nothing on earth can stop their flight. And woe to the rider and woe to the steed that falls in front of that mad stampede. Was that thunder? No. By the Lord, I sprang to my saddle without a word. One foot on mine and she swung behind. Away on a hot chase down the wind and never was fox hunt half so hard and never 
with steeds so little spared, for we rode for our lives. You shall hear how we fared in Texas, down by the Rio Grande. The Mustang flew, and we urged him on. There was one chance left, and you have but one. Halt, jump to the ground, shoot your horse, crouch under his carcass, and take your chance. And if the steers in their frantic course don't batter you both to pieces at once, you may thank your star. If not, goodbye. For the quickening kiss and the long-drawn sigh in the open air and the open sky in Texas, down by the Rio Grande. The cattle gained on us, and just as I felt for my old six-shooter behind in my belt, down came the Mustang, and down came we, clinging together. And what was the rest? A body that spread itself on my breast, two arms that shielded my dizzy head, two lips that hard on my lips were pressed. Then came thunder in our ears as over us surged the sea of steers blows that beat blood into my eyes, and when at last I could arise, Alaska was dead. I gouged out a grave a few feet deep, and there in the earth's arms I laid her to sleep, and there she is lying, and no one knows. The summer shines, the winter snows. The flowers for many a day have spread a pall of petals over her head. The little gray hawk hangs aloft in the air, and a sly coyote trots here and there. The black snake glides and glitters and slides into the rift of a cottonwood tree, and the buzzard sails on and comes and is gone, stately and still, like a ship at sea. And I wonder why I do not care for things that are like things that were. Does half my heart lie buried there in Texas, down by the Rio Grande? Frank Dupre. Solo de pena y silencio llegó hasta el agua profunda. Un sendero solo de penas mudas llegó hasta la espuma. Sabe Dios que angustia te acompañó, que dolores viejos cayó tu voz. Para recostarte, arrollarte en el canto de las caracolas marinas. La canción que canta en el fondo oscuro del mar, las caracolas. Te vas, Alfonsina, con tu soledad. 
que por más nuevos fuiste a buscar y una voz antigua de viento y de sal te requebrará el mar y te está llevando y te vas hacia allá como en sueños dormida alfonsina vestida del Caminos de algas y de coral Y fosforescentes caballos marinos harán Una ronda a tu lado Y los habitantes del agua van a jugar Pronto a tu lado Bájame la lámpara un poco más Déjame que duerma nodriza en paz y si llama a él no le digas que estoy dile que Alfonsina no vuelve y si llama a él no le digas nunca que estoy di que me he ido te vas Alfonsina con tu soledad que poemas nuevos fuiste a buscar una voz antigua de viento y de sal Te requebra el alma y te está llevando Y te vas hacia allá como en sueños Dormida Alfonsina vestida del mar Y te vas hacia allá como en sueños Dormida Alfonsina vestida del And that's it for this episode. And that's it for 2018. We'll be back in February, when it will almost certainly feel like 2019 has already been 13 months long. But until then, we'll be following Ross Gay's advice and taking some time to celebrate all the delights and joys we can find. And we wish you delight and joy too, dear listeners. And we'll be back next year. On Ampersand. The Poets and Writers Podcast. Ampersand is a production of Poets and Writers, Inc., the nation's largest nonprofit organization serving creative writers. Ampersand is edited and mixed by Melissa Fallovino. Music for this episode was provided by Yacht, Broke for Free, and The Insider. Subscribe to Ambersand on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, or through our website where you'll find photos, articles, and ephemera for each episode, including interviews and audio recordings from all 10 of our 2018 debut poets at pw.org forward slash Ambersand. Interested in advertising? Email us at ambersand at pw.org.